Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from LCP Delta, the new energy experts. In the podcast, we'll be exploring how the energy transition is unfolding across Europe through conversations with guests from the leading edge of the transition. Hello, and welcome to the episode. As you will all know, decarbonisation of heat is going to be one of the hardest parts of the energy transition. The heating industry is, of course, stepping up, innovating, uh, developing new technologies, products, services, offerings to help us decarbonise heat in Europe as fast as we can. And every two years, there's a very large heating exhibition in Frankfurt called ISH. And today I'm talking with our heat team or three people from our heat team who were at ISH uh, recently on the main takeaways and what they saw, what they learned, what they found interesting, what they didn't see that they were expecting to see, and what this tells us about how uh, how quickly we'll be decarbonising Europe's homes in the next years. So let's welcome my three colleagues, uh, Clara Otterson. Hello, Clara. Hi. Uh, Toma Bakwa. Hello, Toma. Hi. And Guillermo Genius. Hello, Guillermo. Hi, John. Um, now, some listeners will have been to the ISH at Frankfurt. Many listeners will have been to a trade fair or many different trade fairs in the energy sector. I think ISH is something a bit different. And this was, Clara, am I right? This was the first ISH for a longer period of time than normal because of COVID. Yeah, exactly. So I think the, the last one in person will have been in 2019. Okay. So this was your, your first ISH, I think. So yeah, uh, how did you, can you paint a bit of a picture from what's it like? Small, big? Uh, it's massive. It's very overwhelming. There are people everywhere, which is still like a year after COVID basically wasn't an issue anymore. It still feels a bit weird to be in this massive crowd of people. Um, it takes, to like give you an idea of how big it is, it takes like 20 minutes to walk from one of the halls to where the train station is and you're still inside like the trade show buildings. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. basically kilometers of buildings. So you did a lot of steps on those few days at ISH? Yeah, I think it was more than 20,000 steps each day that we were there. Wow. Just... wow. Um, I remember as well talking with one of the big heating manufacturers and they, they fly plane loads of installers from Germany to the the heating fair um i think it's the sort of thing you can only really get the feel of when you're there but it is it is absolutely massive yeah and the stands as well the stands that these big manufacturers build up are like i mean bigger than i think much bigger than our office and they're like they, they bring tre- the trees making, in there it's like forests on some of them it's yeah. very surreal yeah uh, so certainly the meeting place for the European heating sector. Um, now, we'll structure this by, I think, going through top five takeaways uh, from the ISH and introduce each point and then have a little chat around what that means and the implications of that. Um, Toma, let's start with you. What's our first takeaway? I guess the, the first takeaway um, was... 
propane, um, air to water, it bumps everywhere. Um, so all the main, uh, all the key manufacturers uh, in Europe were, were showcasing their um, air to water, it bump um, with propane, you um, know, monoblock uh, products. So when you say with propane, Thomas, so some of our listeners, I, th- I think all of our listeners will know air to water heat pump, but where does propane come into it with the heat pump? Um, so I guess it's um, a natural natural refrigerant um, and is becoming more of, um, of, a, of a theme uh, for, for the industry because of uh, the F-gas um, revision that um, potentially we ban uh, the use of, um, of refrigerant with um, high um, GWP, so it's a global, a global warming potential. Yeah. Um, so so even, though there, even though in theory and often in practice, the refrigerant is sealed in the system. Uh, the drive is to try and get rid of high global warming potential refrigerants and replace them with things that are less harmful if they That's were. correct, yes. Yeah. Because in case of leakage, for example, even if uh, leakage are, are, are quite um, are not the, the norm, uh, but yeah, just uh, because, of, because of that, that there's, um, 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 I guess, um, uh, decision to move towards um, uh, less harmful uh, refrigerant and uh, potentially more natural refrigerant like uh, propane. And is this quite a big thing for the heat pump industry then? Um, yes, it is a bit big thing. And uh, what was actually really surprising is to see um, all the, the big Asian brands um, that have been uh, using a lot more, um, we call it the, the H- HFC um, refrigerant, yeah. moving to, to natural refrigerant, which are Normally more used by the by the European brands, so you can see that all the industry is is clearly moving towards the the same the use of the same refrigerant. And what implications will that have if you're not a heat pump techie and you don't care about the refrigerant? If the industry moves to propane, does this affect the performance, the design, the installation, or does it not? Is it more of a, a techie heat pump thing? <laughs> Um, I guess they will have to be, um, in general, they will have to be monoblock um, products that will be installed outside because okay. propane has high flammability. So they're limited on, on the quantity of propane you can have inside the house. Um, and, and which means that uh, for now, there's no, the only um, products, uh, monoblock pro- products installed outside and no split um, heat pumps that will have um, refrigerant uh, running through the, through the house. Yeah, okay. And some countries split, some countries monoblocks are the norm today, but some countries splits are quite popular, aren't they? Yes, France, for example, and Italy, uh, the, the, yeah. the two key countries with more than 70% of the market will be split uh, models um, uh, at the minute. So yes, there would, there would be a, I mean, a big, big change. It sounds like quite a lot for the heat pump industry to manage then at a time when their markets are really growing quickly at a time when heat pumps time has come in the market in many ways or is coming to manage this as well must be quite tough. Yes, I think there's a, a growing concern from, from the industry that they might not be um, able to, I guess, to produce um, enough uh, heat pumps with uh, new refrigerants to, yeah. to meet the, um, and to meet the, the, I guess, the targets, the European targets from the repo of EU. Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of, I guess, lobbying from, from manufacturers, uh, with the, the European Commission to, to try maybe to, to water down um, a little bit the, the revision of, of FGAS. And it's going to be, I think it's the, the vote in the next few weeks. So we will know we will know exactly what, what they will have to do. But, um, but at least we, we, we can see that on, um, on 
they, they are ready for, for some applications. So the, for the single family homes with monoblock where they space, yeah. uh, the question is more than what happened for, uh, 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 I guess, um, uh, segments where this can't be installed outside. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so heat pump industry moving in a different direction with refrigerants, propane. I guess the fact that propane is becoming the norm helps the supply chain because you've got one supply chain for propane, refrigerants, and the associated components. But a challenge for the heat pump industry, particularly where splits are common. Takeaway number two, Clara, uh, what was what have you got for us? Yeah, so I think Tom touched on it on in his last sentence there that there was a very clear focus on heat pumps for for single family homes where there is a lot of space both outside and inside the home. Uh, yeah. So we saw a couple of of innovations or innovations or different uh, heat pump designs that probably work great in a in a German home where there's traditionally more more space than you might find in in your average dutch or or english home or british home because german homes often have a a basement or a a room for heating equipment and a hot water tank and etc exactly and and more perhaps standalone homes with gardens and things where you can fit a uh an outside unit because i think a lot of the outside units that we did see at the fair were fairly large it might be that they were just you know, they were showcasing larger heat pumps with larger outputs, but they were very big. I think there was one or two that was taller than I am, and I'm, I'm pretty tall. <laughs> so, um, yeah. um, I love that Guillermo agreed with me. <laughs> um, but we saw a lot less innovations for for with like heat pumps of different designs that might fit in in other types of homes. Um, there was one or two. Or at least one uh, multifamily home solution that we saw from a, a company called Quantum, uh, but that was the only one that I saw, I think, and not not much much else in terms of you know what what happens in in the homes where you can't have a massive heat pump outside or you don't have the space for a for both a, you know the inside unit and a big tank and and all of those. And everyone knows, I think, that it's not new homes it's existing homes where the challenge lies with decarbonizing heat decarbonizing exactly um do you think it was because it was in the fair was in germany so we saw more german market solutions do you see that innovation happening in other markets where space is a bigger issue clara yeah no definitely i think i mean of course we were in germany so it might not be too surprising that that's the kind of products that we we saw but uh we've seen uh, last year at a at a Dutch fair, we saw a lot more um, products that were very much geared towards the Dutch market, with you know outside units shaped shaped like a chimney that you put on top of the of roof, or flat, mm-hmm. completely flat outdoor units that also kind of look like a big solar panel or a thick solar panel that you would put on the roofs. Um, units that are you know you can put in the attic, uh, which is more common in the Netherlands. Um, so it might be yes that there is a very kind of country focus at these fairs as mm-hmm. well, but the ish being as big as it is and as international as it is we might have expected a bit more diversity in in the in the designs yeah so do you think there's in general enough focus from the heating industry on innovation around retrofits um or do you think there needs to be more maybe that's the wrong question (laughs) to ask but you know what i mean yeah i think it's i mean 
I guess everyone's kind of focusing on, on the low-hanging fruit first. So that will be a new build. It will be, uh, you know, the off-gas segment where you might have bigger homes with more space uh, yeah. that have previously had an oil or LPG boiler or, you know, wood stove or whatever they may have had. Um, and then I guess as we humans like to do, we'll push that issue further ahead once we've yeah maybe had some more time Uh like terraced homes and flats will be notorious, will be very difficult to decarbonize. Um, so some focus retrofit. on the some focus on the hard on the higher fruits up the tree, but uh, a lot more is going to be needed in the next years. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah. definitely think so. Um, okay, thanks, Clara. Let's move on to takeaway number three. Tom, I think we're back to you. I guess yes. Um, the 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 next one was. Um, Again, focusing on the on the retrofit side, uh, been a um, I think a strong focus uh, this year on hybrids, on hybridization of existing systems. Um, so compared to, uh, I went to to Churchill uh, in Paris um, and Teclima, where hybrids were not really featured, um, while in an ISH every single um, I guess player. Uh, add at least one, uh, one or two uh, hybrid uh, model, um, and I guess that that makes sense because you know as as the the, the market is moving towards um, like heat pumps, especially in in Germany, uh, for boilers manufacturers, it remains important for them to keep their solution in place. So they they start to offer that uh, hybridization of their existing I guess uh, solution that are already in the park instead of. I guess replacing them completely with just a heat pump, yeah. then they they, manage, they can keep them, and um... and uh, I think so. I've been excited about hybrids for a long time because I think it's slightly counterintuitive. Because why have a boiler and a heat pump instead of just a boiler or just a heat pump? But they offer so many advantages in terms of a small capacity heat pump and a boiler working together, the flow temperatures, the rec replaceability, lots of things. Um, of the hybrids you saw, Tom, how many were what I'd call, it's unfair to say dumb hybrids, but standard hybrids where you have a heat pump and a boiler separately and a control system that manages them? And how many were what I'd say is really clever hybrids where you package the heat pump and the boiler in a really compact way that makes it retrofitable i think we've seen more of the first option so um, having separate um, units um, yeah. with the exception of one um, italian manufacturer that showcasing their their compact um, compact hybrids yeah. uh, that does it, that has in one one box the the, the boiler and the, the heat pumps and no outside uh, units so that's really um really uh, i guess clever technology where yeah and really targeted at you know areas where or apartments or, or yeah. houses with like less space well, uh, is that, so, yeah so is that sucking yeah. in the air how is it extraction the heat from outside is it sucking air in from the outside uh, it does it does um, um um i think a flu that extracts the the, the air from from the outside through the yeah. wall um okay um Okay, so were you encouraged by what you saw on hybrids? Yes, I think I think so. Yeah, I think it's um, this this clearly an acknowledgement from from the industry that hybrid would be um, 
to become a, at least a, a solution for the for the short to, to medium term before maybe moving to pure um, electric heat pump. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, as we um, you know, there will be some some new um, regulation in Germany with a minimum you know, 65% uh, renewable um, share when replacing heating system. Then hybrids will 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 uh, be able to to meet that requirement. So. Yeah. Uh, so definitely, I think suited to uh, to the German situation. Um, I'm not saying that that would be the case in other countries, but yeah. at least for for Germany, we know um, hybrids. We will have um, uh, I think some some years uh, of yeah um, of success. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see jumps from jumps to full electric system, but we'll also see steps where gas and electric systems work together. Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay, thanks, Tom. Um, Guillermo, number four, what have you got for us for takeaway number four? So, actually, Tom already mentioned it. Uh, the 65% renewable heating regulation in Germany is, is very, very important. And something we saw being on site. Um, I was impressed of how this topic is already permeated into the public media. I mean, it's all over the news. You can find it on television, on radio. Mm. People are talking about this. And um, this yeah, no, f- f- what this what this means, if I understand right, it means that if you're in Germany and you have a gas boiler, if you want to replace that gas boiler, the new system has to have some renewables in it. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you would not be able to replace a gas boiler for a gas boiler. By next yeah. year, so that's a really big thing for the market, isn't it? Yeah, is it? It it is. It is very very important. Yeah, and yeah, the average the average consumer is already aware of this. Mm. So more sooner than later, we will start. Um, the 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 consumer will be fully aware of yeah. the topic, and we can expect some sort of rebound effect coming up because as people are trying to upgrade. The, the boilers as soon as they can this year before the regulation kicks in. So when, um, when does the regulation kick in? Beginning next year. Uh, okay. At least that's on the draft, on the current draft the proposition of the regulation. Yeah. Which is still a little bit of a gray area. Uh, and we're still waiting for the final resolution on this. Yeah. Coming up soon. But from what you saw, is the industry coming forward? Is the industry ready to provide the solutions to meet this if it does come into play next year? Well, it is a challenge definitely for, for the industry. And they are already trying to get ahead on this. Mm. So very, very, very much the focus is on, on heat pumps as the solution for new builds. Um, high risk solution for for retrofits. Yeah, but it will be definitely a challenge for the industry, for the consumer, for the installer. Uh, for example, we saw we know that the European Commission Commission they visited the fair, they were present there, and they might get the impression that the industry is ready. Yeah, for, for propane, for example, and that's not completely the case. Uh, some OEMs are still trying to get ready for the transition. Yeah. Um, as we know, much of the products in exhibition are only a preview of what's coming in the yeah. next couple of months. Yeah, I, I guess 
when you have these sorts of big, if we have this big step change, it's always a bit of a shock. And I don't think everyone's always perfectly ready. Um, but yeah, I think that's a very, if that regulation does come into play for sure in Germany, that's, is that Clara and Tom, are there any other markets where that's already the case or would Germany stand out as no longer being able to retrofit a boiler with a boiler? I think Clara is the Dutch expert, I think the Netherlands. Uh, has a... Yeah, I mean, I guess Germany would be, they would not be the first country to propose such a legislation. They might be yeah. the first one who actually implements it. So Tom mentioned yeah. the Netherlands uh, at the VSK fair, so the kind of Dutch equivalent to ISH last year, yeah. uh, they did make a big announcement about um, potentially mandating, or they're proposing to mandate that from 2026, you will no longer be able to replace a gas boiler with a gas boiler. It should be minimum a hybrid solution. Yeah, okay. Um, as far as I understand, that has still not gone ahead either. Um, yeah. It hasn't been approved. Um, We're getting and, closer to the times when this is going to happen. We're not yeah. quite there yet where it's definitive, but the direction of travel is mm. But, I mean, 2024 is only a couple of months away, so it feels like the, the German government is... Uh, cutting it pretty close um, yeah yeah and i expect that as with as we heard with this dutch regulation there will be exceptions uh and once you count all of those exceptions it might be might not sound as dramatic as as it is yeah for me i remember seen. when a long way back when the uk introduced a mandate requirement for condensing boilers and there was a lot of discussion in that the industry wasn't ready for that, uh, it wouldn't work. But at the time, I think looking at it, once you've got sort of 20% penetration, you could have confidence that the industry can manage that new challenge. And in Germany, I would have thought we're roughly somewhere in the region that 20% penetration of replacements being not just a boiler. So that, if that's the case, and that would tell me the industry probably can step up and meet that challenge. No, no, I think yeah, they, they can. I guess it's the, the the question is around yeah having enough installer uh, the installer capacity. I think yeah. we we've been working on on, on the reports um, uh, on the study on on that. that there's a, a big gap in um, uh, in terms of installation capacity, and I think yeah, Guillermo and Clara would have a bit more insight on that. And then and I think it has been confirmed as well during during the during ISH that we still need to um, up, upscale um, you know, existing the existing uh, workforce and then find so new blood going find the yeah. uh, students or, or or young that want to 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 embrace the, the this career and and go and install um, heat pumps and and or hybrids and and so on so lots of challenges coming but some exciting challenges that will really drive forward decarbonization of heat um, let's get our last and fifth takeaway in so um guillermo i th when i started uh delta ee a long long time ago the first uh focus of uh, my research was micro chp and fuel cells and i think you've got some not so good news from on on those topics for our fifth takeaway yeah unfortunately uh, we barely saw a couple of devices a couple of fuel cells but we, we didn't see any micro CHP. I don't know, Clara or Tom, you saw something, but 
Uh, yes, it was a little bit disappointing on that side, but it was honestly something that we already expected to see. Yeah. Uh, we were already expecting a ton of heat pumps, uh, new models. Uh, but yeah, this is, I guess it's a, it's a difficult market for, for micro CHP, for, for fuel cells. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I guess we might still see one or two, you know, small number of products in the market, but, um, yeah, exactly. yeah. On a recent podcast, we were us talking with uh, Luigi Tisha from Ariston about gas-driven heat pumps, and partly I can understand the drive for electrification and away from gas, but I can also see we're going to keep using gas in our homes for quite a long time, so we need to use it as efficiently as we can. Um, so, slight shame to see that, but. What about hydrogen? Was there much focus on, of course, we don't have hydrogen in the gas network. I don't think we're going to have hydrogen throughout the gas network anytime soon. But um, was the industry pushing hydrogen ready boilers much? Um, I wouldn't say so, no. They were definitely there. Uh, and basically all the all the boilers that were showcased had the, the kind of label for 20% hydrogen ready. So that yeah. seems to be the norm more than a, an outlier nowadays. Um, there were a few 100% hydrogen ready boilers or pure hydrogen ready boilers showcased, but they weren't very visible. Um, they were sometimes even kind of tucked away behind a wall, mm. like mm. they weren't they weren't being promoted, but they were still there and they were still um, visible to some to some extent. But yeah. it, it felt quite clear that that was not where the focus was. Uh, at this ish it was more like hey if you want to know we've got them yes we've got them yeah (laughs) front and center yeah Yeah. no exactly um well i'm gonna recap the five points and then we'll get the talking new energy crystal ball out so first point was propane heat pumps and the heat pump industry trans uh changing the use of refrigerants to propane second was uh probably a lack of innovation around heat pump designs for retrofit, although that innovation is going on elsewhere in Europe. Third point was hybrids and the emergence of hybrids as a real retrofit solution. Fourth point was the brave new German draft policy requiring a contribution from renewable heating when you're changing your boiler, so you can't retrofit a boiler with a boiler. And fifth point was hardly any CHP or fuel cells uh, being seen. So I'm going to set the crystal ball uh, this week to just two years away, which is one of the shortest settings available on the Talking New Energy crystal ball. And I want each of you to imagine you're going to IS or coming back from ISH in two years' time. And each of you to identify one innovation you would like to see or expect to see uh, in two years' time. So, uh, Tom, we'll start with you, and then Clara, and then Gemma. I guess innovation. I think some of the products already are on the on the development. Uh, but yeah, what what I would like to see maybe is having uh, heat pumps with. Um, Maybe going beyond using refrigerant, like we've we've had a, 
players working on thermoacoustic um, heat pumps uh, that would not need any any refrigerants at all, or maybe some, or maybe a new a new refrigerant then that doesn't have issue with flammability and then is not um, um, you know has no global warmer, uh, warming potential. So that that would be on really on on, on that aspect of the of the of the product. Um, okay, so more innovation to come with heat pump technology in particular yes. refrigerants. Mm. Okay. Exactly. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Clara. Yeah, so maybe less focus on innovation and perhaps more focus on um, the installer. So we've touched upon it briefly uh, previously in the, in the in this chat, but installer shortage is one of the absolutely biggest bottlenecks for for not just heat pump deployment, but any decarbonization of heat. And this year, we only saw a few manufacturers who clearly had uh, activities directed towards heating engineers and installers. Um, but, you know, it, it is one of their key focus to attract, uh, well, to upskill existing installers, but also to attract new new talent from from trade schools and from, from high schools, basically. Um, so, so becoming a heating engineer has got to become a thing that people want to do more exactly. otherwise we're not going to decarbonize heat in the way we need to yeah and that might be you know by more kind of wooing of installers uh like you said flying yeah. them in from <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> private planes and getting them champagne yeah. i don't know exactly how they're going to do that but there, there's also like okay once you have them how do we make their uh jobs more easier and make yeah. it easier and more streamlined to to fit uh heat pumps but also to design the systems ahead of time so perhaps more focus on on softwares and design tools that help facilitate that process okay so an element maybe of digitalizing the the, the supply chain or the, the installation experience and journey yeah yeah um that's clara and guillermo uh i hope your takeaway your your prediction hasn't been taken by tom tom or clara no 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 i still have one what, what um, do you what would you, what's your prediction then well i would love to see um Big brands from outside the hip hop industry get in as well. For example, why not a Tesla hip pump? Um, bringing bringing in a new hitting business model or something interesting in that arena. Okay, so a new brand coming in to shake up the market, use the strength of the brand from a different industry and bring that brand strength to the hitting sector. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. I also would love to see more tools, software helping installers and customers uh, make to make more informed decisions about yeah. their heating systems. Yeah, I'm quite encouraged by what you've all shared today, and I think the example of Germany, if that regulation comes in in a powerful way, heating then becomes a bit of a a conversation. Well, I maybe getting ahead of myself, but a conversation at the pub or around the dinner table with people. And that then may drive more innovation in the software tools, Guillermo, that you mentioned. And Clara may see more in people wanting to get into that sector, see it as an exciting sector to be in, more installers. So sounds like there's a huge amount going on in the heating sector. Uh, it's been fantastic to get your distilled takeaways from ISH. Um, and your views as to what IHA, ISH takeaways will be in two years' time. Let's see. Um, so that's Clara. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thanks, Guillermo. Thank you, Jan. And thanks, Tom. Thank you, John. Uh, and as always, thanks to everyone listening. We hope you enjoyed those takeaways. Uh, the 
light being shone on the decarbonisation of heat sector and look forward to welcoming you back next week. Thanks and goodbye. If you enjoy the podcast, then please rate it and share it with your friends and colleagues. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then you can keep in touch with us and look at our research insights, podcast transcripts and download reports all at www.lcpdelta.com. Thank you.